Hey guys, welcome into today's show. This is Jake Burns with the OBR Film Breakdown, getting together with Brad Ward of All Eyes on Cleveland for our weekly Blue Wire collaboration edition that we do. You guys should be accustomed to it by now. It is uh, it is a, a great thing Brad and I are doing. I think it, it really brings to, to light some good opinions here. And uh, we're going to talk about today's news, which, you know, it's funny, Brad. I was, I was looking at some people talking about batted down passes, and I'm trying to prove this point about batted down passes. It's no big deal. And all of a sudden, couple tweets come out that it's uh, an nfl appeal is going to happen and 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 i don't know i'm not going to say anything else other than that brad first welcome what's up man how are you and then secondly feel free to take the floor and talk about your uh just initial feeling on it just what 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 uh what comes to mind yeah man uh i'm okay this this just bothers me it i just want it to go away right uh my initial reaction is crap right like this is this sucks this sucks this is gonna go on for a long time now it feels like um i i don't get i get the nfl is all about optics jake but Mm -hmm. why would they want to keep this story in the headlines for another six months year whatever it is right whatever it is why would they want to keep this story in the headlines longer just for a win or whatever, a PR win, which which it feels like the best overarching PR move for them is to get it out of the headlines. I guess I just don't get it. What a waste of freaking time this whole thing was, Jake. What a waste. Of t- I'm just angry because and it's not like I don't think that he doesn't deserve more or less. It's not about that. It's the just the process they put in place is a waste of time why do the hearing at all if this is what you're gonna do just just give it to roger and let him go do what he wants to do because that's ultimately he's gonna do he's gonna tap somebody who he signs their paycheck and they're gonna do exactly what he wants the entire time so basically sue robinson was just a just a waste of time I, i get it like when we get really get into the weeds of the legal stuff, like I had Daniel Wallach on uh, right after the decision the other night, right? And basically, the, the way this thing read, did you read it all the way through, first of all? The 16 Super. pages, no, no. I mean, I read what was important from people I thought knew uh, how to take what was written in there. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Daniel's one of them. There was another uh, criminal defense attorney that would put out a good thread on Twitter. So I have a good feel for it. I think I have a good understanding of what they were trying to do here with uh, what Sue was trying to do. But, yeah, feel free to continue to elaborate. Yeah, I mean, basically the way it read to me, Jake, is like it read like he was going to get a year, but he got less based on like a technicality sort of like mm-hmm. uh, fair notice, right? That's the key phrase. The NFL lacks fair notice, or they did not provide fair notice uh, that uh, a nonviolent offender in this circumstance uh, could could receive punishment past previous precedent. And that's what she based her ruling on. And it makes sense because that's what's in the language of the CBA. I get it. Like, they found him pretty much guilty on three accounts – like I expected it to read differently based on the narrative we heard from everybody. Right. And I'm sure that was a lot Watson side, but mm-hmm. they basically said, yeah, he did it. We didn't really believe him. Uh, he doesn't show a lot of remorse, but it's six games based on precedent and the language that the NFL lacks 
and you have to show fair notice here. And and they didn't. Uh, but Daniel said on my show, he's like, basically the NFL has to appeal here because they have to set change that language. They can't let that go. Like they could wait till the off season and do it, but it's probably better for them to do it now. Um, but now that we hear in the brief that they're going to go for the full year, uh, and basically from what everything that I've read and gleamed, and there's a lot of people with conspiracy theories out there and this and that and the other thing, Jake, is that um, unless the NFLPA appeals the initial six-game ruling by tomorrow, then those six games are for sure. The conversation is about whether he plays in the seventh. He's probably not going to get a stay or anything like that unless they appeal before tomorrow, which they said they weren't going to do ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it becomes about the seventh game and beyond at that point. This is different. That twist is different than Ezekiel Elliott and Tom Brady, right? Like they're not going to get – he's probably not going to get that benefit of the doubt. And as long as it's in New York, the lawsuit that's going to come eventually – then the NFL is going to get what they want because basically anything Roger does or whoever he taps to make this decision, whatever they decide, this CB, it's, it's in the CBA that he can do this. So ultimately the NFL is going to win in court and they're going to get what they want in the appeal. And that's just how I feel at this point. And it just feels like a bunch of wasted time. And this is going to be in the headlines for a long time further just to ultimately be what the NFL wants. And it's just super frustrating. And I can't really – I'm fed up, Jake. I'm fed up. I'm so tired of it, of all of it. Like, I, you know, it seems like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's not. It's just – it's infuriating. The whole thing is infuriating because it's a a crap system that, that was made to look fair but really isn't. And and now we just have to sit here as Browns fans and take it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're speaking in a in a way that a lot of people feel, uh, just being tired of it. And I'm one of those people. I have I, I've I've just grown tired of thinking about it and what the ramifications are. And 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 you know me, I I like to as this podcast of mine is named. I, I like to break things down on the field. That's that's what I got into this for, right? You know, I got into it way back when to talk football, to talk draft picks to talk free agents to talk football scheme to teach people what i think i know and how i can help them understand the game and i think that has always been the goal and stayed pretty consistent but when this stuff happens you have to talk about uncomfortable things things you didn't ever get into this thinking you would be discussing and here we are and that that part sucks it's really miserable and it's not fun like i went on the pod yesterday uh or the day before maybe I i think it was yesterday with jordan zerm and and this is like all right we're gonna bury the deshaun watson thing we're just we're we're done with it and I just want to kind of close the book on it at this point. It might have been two days ago. I don't know, man. These all run together at this point. But anyway, I'm like, all right, we're going to talk about Deshaun. We're going to talk about the case. going to talk about the decision. Then we're done with it. I want to bury it. I want to move on. And I said the only way we're going to bring it back up is if the NFL appeals it. I think at that time I was a little naive thinking the NFL wouldn't appeal it because I believed that this system that they put in place was going to be stuck to, mandated, and held strong. So. Yeah. It, it's not, and I get it. I think I've listened to a lot of smart people on the topic uh, since this decision has been made and the NFL's appeal and where they're coming from. And, like, I get it. I get why they're doing it. It sucks, though. It sucks. And, and I said this to Jordan the other day about Deshaun might have been in the right place at the right time, uh, as, as uh, ironic, what situational irony is that is in terms of what he's alleged to have done and all of that. And he, he might have gotten out in front of this. There's always somebody that does something, breaks a rule, 
they don't have the right language in place or the law is not written the right way. And then the law is changed after that person. And it's always like, well, that guy got off with it, man. They got so lucky. I thought Deshaun might be in that realm, but it doesn't feel like the NFL wants to let that happen, at least to an extent. As we sit here, 9 o'clock, August 3rd, the NFL has appealed. The NFLPA can counter appeal on Thursday, which it's ironic. The NFL uh, decided to do it today instead of tomorrow. If they would have done it tomorrow, Deshaun's people could have had the weekend to decide whether they were going to appeal. But since they did it today at the, in the manner in which they did it and the time in which they did it, the Watson NFLPA side only has until tomorrow at 9 o'clock to counter appeal, which means they could say, hey, we're actually going to appeal too. We just want zero games. And then it's yeah. sort of in between. So listen, this this stuff is moving so fast. It's moving so fast. The I, the I, the thing that people start to think is, okay, if the NFL was going to appeal, they're going to take it to court and that's going to draw it out. That could be the case. They could take it to court. They could get the uh, injunction and they could be pushed off until the legal matter is resolved in court and he could play and it could be uh, similar to the Brady deflate gate thing. And Zeke, I think, had the same situation where they were yeah. able to play as the federal court processing happened. And you listen to one person on social media and they'll be like, well, it's stupid. You got no chance. Listen to another person like Daniel Wallach, who's been on your pod, my pod. He says that the modified discipline matches the original ask. A stronger case can be made in federal court that Goodell is imposing his own brand of industrial justice right. and therefore exceeding his authority as the arbitrator. One of the few grounds for the vacator to leave uh, the, the left after the play case. So there's a chance, but it's not very high. So you're like, okay, the NFL is going to come in with a heavy hand. And the reasons that the NFL is coming in with a heavy hand are so goofy to me. You just, there was really strong reporting that they were going after 12 games. Now they want to, they want to go back uh, to an indefinite suspension and counseling and a fine and all these other things. Partly because the thing I keep hearing, Brad, is that they want to avoid the Texans game. They want them to be missing that game, which is, the I believe, week 12. The stupidest thing uh, I've week ever 13, heard. The 12th game. It's the dumbest thing. I've, it's just so dumb. A 1 o'clock game. And, I mean, I get it. I, I've tweeted out. I, thought, I think it's going to be a really hostile atmosphere, and, and it's going to be really gross when he goes back in terms of the atmosphere and the feel of the fans and all that stuff. It's just going to be very negative. But to me, that is such a silly, uh, asinine reason for – having this uh, be a part of your decision. But anyway, the NFL appeals it. It feels like this was always going to happen in terms of they understand the CBA very well. you got to re- got to retrace this, Brad. The CBA says that Sue Robinson is going to be deciding whether the player broke the personal conduct policy. If he broke the personal conduct policy, the, she then makes a suspension recommendation based on prior history of the league, what the league has done, what the language says. That's it. We kind of took that, most people kind of took that as, this is going to be a decision everybody's going to stick with. While the NFL says, that's cool. What we're doing is no longer playing judge and jury. We're playing executioner. We can change this if we want to change it. We didn't take that into account. We thought that both sides were going to, and I think that that's what clearly Watson's side was trying to do, Brad, which is the day before the release. Hey, we're going to stick to this. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to believe in the system. We're going, to, we're going to believe in the recommendation, and we're not going to appeal it. Well, of course, because it worked out in your favor, obvious, right? So the system is better than it used to be, which it used to be Roger Goodell was judge, jury, executioner. And I will give the NFL minor credit for this. It is not that way anymore. So she, if she would have come back, Brad, and said, um, you know, he didn't break the personal conduct policy and that's it. They could, the NFL could have done nothing at that point. So there was nothing Correct. they could have done, but she said he broke it in three different places. Now, again, it's important to remember that she broke it, said that the evidence was strong enough to believe he would have been guilty uh, from the preponderance of evidence, which is similar to a civil case, not a criminal case, right. because the grand jury situations happen. It's a civil case, which is the burden of proof, if you know anything, and I'm very novice here, but I do know that the civil case burden of proof is significantly lower than it is for a criminal case. So, again, largely that speaks, Brad, to why he settled many of these cases. But nonetheless, 
that's important to remember. She's not saying without without a doubt. I have zero doubt. Now, she buried him. She was harsh on him, and she used Very. strong language. But she did not say because she can't say that in a criminal case, I believe he was a guilty party. She said, based on the burden of proof here, I believe that it is more than likely that these things happened the way they were reported. So she decides that. She then just spends all this time explaining why she came up with a six-game suspension. Why this? Why that? And it's like, that is such a waste of time. It's a waste of everybody's time. She spent all this time writing it, all this time thinking about it, all this time studying all these things just for the NFL to ultimately know, hey, man, if we don't like what they give them, we're going we're gonna to alter this. We're going to appeal yeah. it. Roger's going to take it. Now, Roger Goodell can decide himself or he can appoint. I expect him to appoint somebody who will be like an extension of him uh, that, will, that will have a heavy lean in his direction because, duh. And I, I mean, we have no evidence of the contrary. This is still a new system. And, and I, I think you have to, when the NFL appeals, it's just, it, I get it though. Like to kind of rewind a little bit when you have one side against the other with an independent arbitrator or an independent decision maker, but it ultimately is the decision on what the ramifications are of a guilty verdict. It's like going to court and somebody saying, Hey, the prosecution also, even if you're found, you know, when, no matter what the prosecution gets to, to bind you to a, yeah. uh, whatever, right. The judge doesn't sentence you. The prosecution sentence you, you know, right. the prosecution gives a recommendation for a sentence. Hey, we believe this is what they should get. The judge then decides it's the, it's the opposite. The judge yeah. gives the recommendation in this case and the prosecution decides that's why it's so different. It's weird. But to me, it's like, okay, we've been built up about this whole thing, Brad. It's like, okay, Sue Robinson's decision. So it's not really that important. She says whether she, whether he did it or not, that was what was important to the NFL. The NFL guy, Hey, he broke it in three ways. Now we can appeal this and get our angle on this whole thing and see what's up with it. So they're exposing themselves to a potential federal court situation. They probably don't give a shit for lack of a better term, because they're going to get their way for the most part. They'll they'll do whatever the court system wants them to do, and they'll they'll win. The, the, the CBA language is tight, and it says that the decision made from this independent arbitrator that Goodell points is binding. It cannot be moved. It's the the language is very tight, much tighter than the Zeke, Ben, all the other case. The Deflate Gate case is very tight now on that. It is a binding decision. So I think the thing that sucks, and what I kind of think sucks here, is that. We believe Sue Robinson's suspension recommendation was going to carry a ton of weight. It clearly didn't. The NFL was going to move it if they didn't like the number that was passed off, right? Especially the way she wrote the language about his guilty, uh, her stance on whether he was guilty based on the evidence and the civil uh, burden of proof or not. So it's something we learned here that, that, yes, they have a better system than they used to have. But ultimately, the NFL is going to carry the decision. They're going to be the judge uh, in terms of the execution part. They're not proving innocence or guilt in terms of the personal conduct policy. They're they're not doing that. They've taken that out of their lap. They get somebody else now to say, this guy's guilty. He did this. He did this and broke your personal conduct policy. But they get to determine how many games you're going to miss. So we'll see what direction to go. The NFL, it's still early, Brad. The NFL could say, hey, actually, we, we just want to do 10 games and a $10 million fine. Maybe Watson takes that. Maybe they say, we just want eight games and a $20 million fine. Who knows? Maybe they may go heavy fine because everybody's very caught up on the money of this whole thing, right? The, the contract the first year, he only loses $350,000. And he keeps his $46 million signing bonus. They, they're all caught up on that. That's a big thing that if you saw from sources like Charles Robinson was talking about, he's like, hey, the NFL is mad that he doesn't show remorse, the money situation he's getting away with, and – I think that he didn't report the first case to the to the NFL or something like that. There's a lot of that stuff going on here. And it's like, 
we'll see. I mean, the NFL might, we've heard about this indefinite thing. There's still the ability to, arb- they, they can still negotiate of something that works. Like, Deshaun might be cool with 12 games and $10 million suspension or something. I don't know. It's all, we'll see. We're putting the cart in front of the horse here. Everybody's upset. But we have to remember, we misread the, I think everybody misread the situation. Everyone yeah. misread the situation in terms of what the NFL's actual power is and belief that the NFL was going to stick to a independent arbitrator's recommendation, the Sue's recommendation, which they didn't have to. They really don't have to. They can appeal it and get what they want. So we learned there. It is a better system, not as good as uh, you would like it to be in terms of keeping a bias out of it. But that's, I think we could all probably agree, though, too, Brad, like six games is pretty light. I mean, six games is pretty light. I think most of us expected something 8, 10, 12. Six games is pretty light. It doesn't, it, it's not surprising to me that they wanted to go after it. And I'm not going to, like, I don't really care. If he's out for the whole year, the Browns made their bed. They, they made their bed. I, I'm Whatever yeah. they get out of it, whatever happens here, I don't really care. It doesn't move me one way or the other. My concern, anger, spite, whatever, doesn't matter. It doesn't change the result. I don't really care doesn't change my paycheck brad i still cover the team i whatever but like i think that that people misread the situation and now we're challenged with this concept brad where people have talked about for a while well this is the long game it's a seven ten year deal and if he even if he misses a full year you know he's still got nine years so so we just we got to hold up our end of the bargain of like if some people were cool with the suspension that but the Browns are playing the long game. They get it. Well, now we're in the midst of it, the thick of it. It sucks. It's so annoying. We're, at, what, two weeks from games, three weeks from games, and we're just burnt out, it feels like. The fan base is burnt out and fried out by all of this, and yeah, that man. part sucks. That part really, really sucks. But there's a lot of things that we got to kind of got to remember about why this trade was risky, dicey, and and not fun to begin with. Maybe there's fun down the road, Brad, maybe. But right now, it's you. You we kind of knew that this is the bed they could be laying in, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Yeah, there's no question that uh, that this was in the realm of outcomes, right? <clears throat> 
that, uh, you know, this could potentially happen when the Browns made this trade. And, and like you said, they have to live with it. The, the thing, I'll, just a couple things. I, I thought you mentioned Charles Robinson. I thought that he said this perfectly or maybe it came from the NFL and he relayed it, but they believe that Sue Robinson applied a correct application of guilt, but an incorrect application yeah. of the precedent. Which makes sense, kind of how they're appealing it, right? Like they, they think. I don't she even got know it. if they thought it was incorrect. I just think that they thought, like they were like, "Oh crap, she caught us in the language. She caught yes. us in some yes. of these things that aren't tight. We, we, we weren't in the right position." But it ultimately doesn't matter. We can still do this on the fly because we're the NFL. So yeah, you're it, right about that. But like, I don't. I think that they're just going to rewrite this thing on the fly. Not re- technically rewrite it, but like through their process, rewrite. Yeah. what you get in this scenario. Yeah, exactly. They're going to make sure that the fair notice isn't binding to them now and in the future, right? Like that's yep. what they're going to – that's a lot of what this appeal on the surface is about. And then ultimately it's about optics, the stupid 12th game Texans. That makes – I get hostile environment and all that, but that makes – I mean you're doing that for all the wrong reasons then if that's what you're, you're basing this on. You mentioned a potential settlement, Jake. Just a couple things I want to hit on. I, I just don't – at this point, when they write a brief today that says that they're going for the the year now again, like I just don't see them going back to the table because I think they can win. I'm, I, I remember Daniel saying the same thing, right? His own brand of industrial justice. That's, that's like that's maybe they're out, right, in, in a court of law uh, with, with Goodell. But ultimately, it feels like if you go all the way back to when they were deciding on the CBA, the NFLPA was looking at the the process at that time where Roger Goodell just judge jury executioner, right? And they came up with this idea. And on the back end, he still can change it and do whatever. But the NFLPA took it as a win. They were like, yeah, yes, this is a huge win for us. But ultimately signed off on him doing the same thing anyways, if he still wants. So you could see why at the time it felt like a huge win. And it seemed like Roger Goodell wouldn't want those optics of like, hey, you're basically kind of going against agreement. Not really, but like this was the idea – the concept here was for an independent arbitrator to make the decision. The concept here wasn't for him to swoop in and still do the same old thing. And that's what he's doing. And that's what's so aggravating, I guess. But he's totally allowed to. And it's written into the CBA, like you said, binding. It's tight that way. He's totally allowed to do this. So when they go to court and they say, is he allowed to do this? They're going to say yes. And that's what I feel like why they probably won't settle and ultimately, they'll probably get what they want. And maybe this is just me overreacting at the time, Jake. But it's just so frustrating that that this is where we are. Just and I and I get it. Let me ask you this question: If, if they did say twelve games and a fine or whatever, would you rather him just have a year? Because I'm at this point, I might as well with the contract tolling and everything. What's the point in him playing five games at the end of the season? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, this is bad, Brad, but I don't give a shit whatever solves it i don't care if he's out for the year i really don't care i'm sick of thinking about it i'm sick of these these pods we have to do i'm sick of trying to understand the law the nfl has out there and the law of federal court and what the semantics mean of this paragraph and that paragraph i do not care and people will be like who you really care? i don't care i don't 
care. Whatever salt, the thing, the worst case scenario for me is this goes to federal court and it draws out and it's pushed out a year. And then the Browns make another decision about a contract and convert money of his to, to think about this, Brad, you push it out a year and then they convert his, his base and do a bonus again next year. And it's the same thing. And that pisses off the NFL. And then all of a sudden we're hearing all the, all these, these, uh, these attention grabbing tweeters are going to grab that and be like, Look how terrible the Browns are pushing off this money, yeah. and look at these things. It's just going to be a it's a repeat, and you'll feel like you're living in the uh, time as a flat circle of of Matthew McConaughey, man. And, <laughs> and it's like it's just the only thing I want is for it to be over, and I don't care right. what the over means. If that means six, twelve, a heavy fine, he somehow gets out of it, or he pushes it off here. Like I I, I don't care. I I really don't want to push it off here. I shouldn't say that. It, whatever gets it done, I don't. I don't really care. I, I really don't. That's my opinion. I might not have the same opinion as other people, but I don't care. You know, I uh, listen. I watched Baker Mayfield last year, and he was he was terrible, and he was the worst version of himself. He could be a better quarterback, but I watched a terrible quarterback last year. Jacoby Brissett is not good, but he's not that terrible. He's not. He's not. He's not any worse than what Mayfield was last year. So I can handle it. It's not a big deal to me. It's a job, man. Like, yeah, I'm a Browns fan, and. That's part of my upbringing, but this is a job. I'll figure it out. But what I don't want to do is continue to talk about it. I just want to bury it and be done with it. And I know hopefully the NFL and NFLPA can come to some sort of agreement to figure this out because I don't think either side does truly want this to be dragging around all the time. So that's why the NFL's heavy-handed sourcing today about like we want an indefinite suspension is so strange to me given that they were out there publicly talking about it negotiating 12 games. So like, I'm not going to bury them in terms of like, they might reel it in and do that. They might still make that deal and it all finishes itself out. But at this point, nothing can change what happened. Deshaun Watson has done nothing to change his approach to it. I didn't do it standing his ground and, and nothing is changing any of that. So like, it's just, it's just a circle. We're just moving in a circle and I'm tired of moving in that circle. I want some, and I don't care if that's Jacoby Brissett is the guy we're moving forward for a year with him or whatever the hell happens. I just would like some finality to it. I hope that this is um, a negotiate. I, I was wrong, Brad. I said that, that the NFLPA has until Thursday to respond. They have until Friday. They have two days. That's why the NFL didn't wait until Thursday because then they would have given them until Monday. They have to, to they have today, to then, until Friday. They have until Friday they, to make their written response to that or whether they want to appeal themselves. Response so, to the appeal, but I think yeah. they have till tomorrow to appeal Sue Robinson. This is what, see, this is what we're doing. We don't I mean we think we know, but we don't this is not what we should be talking about. This is what drives me crazy. I know. We're man. trying we're trying know. to we're trying to understand this stuff, and this is this shouldn't be something that we should be trying to understand. So it's it's we lessons learned. The NFL's situation here is a better situation. The NFL's process is better than it used to be. Still, very flawed, right? Yeah, it's it's a uh, yeah. So I'm just gonna say it's not the NFL's process. It, it's it's crap. I, I'm sorry. I you, can't believe you say the, it's the players agreed. I can't believe the players agreed to it. I'm pretty. I dumb can't either. That they would agree to that. Um, that, yeah. That's why I was making the comment of like, hey, they were probably like, hey, we'll take this win. This is what we can get because it feels mm-hmm. like an independent arbitrator. But oh, I, yeah, it's hard to believe that they left him with the final say. A uh, still, um, and it's just a, it's jacked up. It's a jacked up system. What a waste of time. What a waste of everybody's time for Goodell to do this. And and I get why they're doing it totally, but and, and if it if it wasn't such a 
overwhelming amount of public perception of guilt towards Watson, then there would be an overwhelming amount of unfairness by Goodell doing this, right? Optically, mm-hmm. it would look bad, but there's so many people that have already condemned him, you know, for and, and haven't followed this as closely as we have, fortunately for them, you know, right? Yeah, or haven't sure. followed, right, you know, or don't follow this and stay far away from this all and decided like day three that they read an article about this, that he was guilty and a bad guy and, and they haven't read anything since then. That's the majority of the people that watch the NFL, Jake, the majority aren't reading the 16 pages and talking to Daniel Wallach and whatnot. They're not doing that. So they don't know the ins and outs of it. They just assume his guilt. And then now they're going to think this is okay by Goodell because it's Watson that he's doing it too, and he's adding a suspension to him. Although, to me, I get that point of view. It just highlights a very flawed system from the NFL, very flawed that needs to be corrected. There needs to be some some sense of fairness here where he can't swoop in and do this. And that's on the NFLPA ultimately. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I hate talking about it. And the worst thing is – I ultimately think, Jake, the commissioner is doing something by appealing this that is bad for the NFL in the long run. Keeping this in the headlines, I'll go back to my first day, keeping this in the headlines makes no sense to me. So maybe they do come to something that that that, that, that ends it before then just to get it out of the news cycle every day Yeah, because it's ridiculous. I mean, the NFL could still get a win, and air quotes, win here. If they got it to 10 games, they could be like, well, we wanted a year. They wanted they wanted no games. We got six games, and we still made it a tougher penalty. We we went back and made it a tougher penalty. Did the best we could given the scenario. Right? They could still get a air quotes win, but I I don't know, man. All I'm hoping for is that it's a hasty decision. I know that they talk about it's an expedited process with this with this whole thing. It mm. needs to be. I hope that I hope that it's I hope that it's wrapped up by the start of the football season. That's my biggest hope. That, that in the next three weeks, this finds some finality. But uh, again, if you were one of the people, and I was one too, who said the Browns are viewing this as a long game, and they're saying, well, one year in a screen, in a grand scheme of nine or ten is just one year. It's no different than if he tore his ACL right now. They, they, then, then you can't be. I'm not really that mad. I'm not mad about it. I'm not blaming anyone, but. I think I'm just annoyed. Like I'm annoyed yeah, from frustrated. a professional standpoint yeah. of covering this topic. So yeah. I'm, you know, who knows in five years, he could miss all of this upcoming season, but in five years, the Browns could have done miraculous things and everyone's forgotten about it to, for, you know, to a degree. So I, I really don't know the, the book on this whole Deshaun Watson, Cleveland Brown saga is on the first five pages. It has chapters to be written here, man. It is a long thing coming here. And there's a lot of people that are wanting to do the I told you so's right now. And that's just not how it's going to work because you have to remember, even if he's given an indefinite suspension and he's he'll do whatever's necessary. He'll go to therapies. He'll pay the fine. He'll be back next year. He yeah. will be back and he'll be 28 and he'll have 10, nine, 10 years of football of really good football still in front of him. So I get you're frustrated. Everybody wants, listen, I'm one of those people, Brad. I fully recognize that we get swept up in that football season only does come once a year. It's it yes. comes once a year. You get 
you know, an average person lives 66 years. Maybe you don't remember your first 10 years of life. You only get 55. Every football season to me as a huge football person is cherished. So punting on a season uh, is not fun to me. It's never fun to me. But I also understand and I get where the Browns are coming from with their long play of this. Yeah, this whole year could be lost. But and that sucks. It's not great. Nobody wants that. But like they they know that this is a long game here and you could be frustrated, mad, whatever, but but it's not this. This doesn't end Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Put it that no. way. I want to make that clear. This does not end it. Even if the worst case scenario, which the worst case scenario we have heard of is a an indefinite one year suspension, he will get reinstated at the end of the year because he'll do everything he's supposed to do, and they'll reinstate him, and he'll play again. It's like that. That's something that even the most uh, the biggest supporters of Watson have to understand is like even if he's out for the year and you hate everything about what they did to him in terms of his suspension. And again, I see both sides of this. Some people think he should be suspended indefinitely for life, whatever. But like, and I'm not here to tell anyone who's right or wrong, but what I'm saying is he'll be back eventually. Just the thing that's annoying for us, thing that's annoying for you, you're listening to another Deshaun Watson legal podcast. That's not fun. So hopefully Brad and I put a bow on this today. um, And we'll probably have one more on each of our ends of covering the decision that they make, the binding decision. And then we'll, We'll go from there, man. I don't know. We've kind of covered everything we can cover here. the the, the ridiculousness of the um, the ridiculousness of the NFL, uh, the, them not caring about the CBA optics, and really learning. We really have learned on the fly about how the NFL is going to approach the, the disciplinary process of this new CBA. We we saw the versions before. This is how they're going to handle it moving forward. I don't expect it to move. I don't expect them to stick with decisions unless those decisions from an arbitrator such as Sue Robinson, if it stays her in perpetuity, I don't expect them to challenge anything unless they, they, uh, that they agree with. But if they get something like this, where she finds these technicalities and this unprecedented nature, they can still get their way. They can still get their way and they can still challenge it again and make it an even tougher penalty. So that's what we learned, Brad, anything else before we split? No, just to be clear, you know, I'm not frustrated with the Browns. I think ultimately it will pay off in the end, this decision. I'm not frustrated with, you know, the change of the penalty or anything, like you i'm just frustrated with that that we still have to keep going with this i I just wanted it to be over and i wanted to be able to know when my quarterback was going to play and start talking about this wide receiver room these defensive backs you know weeks one through four and then beyond that and how they're going to play this strategize i will talk about football that's it football man. yeah hopefully hopefully we can get to more of that on each of our shows in the coming weeks and 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 yeah i don't know fingers crossed because this is the unfortunate byproduct of what the Browns have done here is that for a year at least, we're going to deal with this legal side uh, in some capacity. Now, again, if it goes to federal court, we're talking about a prolonged situation. That's a bad outcome for everybody, uh, NFL and Watson included, because more dirty laundry gets aired out at that point. So we'll keep our fingers crossed it doesn't come to that. But for now, that's it for today. There's a There was a training camp today, and I'm not going to talk about it. I'll, ta- I'll try to give you uh, a double dose of what I've seen or heard or, or uh, what's what's been out there tomorrow and cover, I don't know, what is it, day six and seven. So we'll try to get those both covered for you tomorrow on my show. I'm sure Brad will give you some coverage on his show. This yeah. has been a crossover, All Eyes on Cleveland and OBR Film Breakdown Blue Wire Edition. Thanks for joining us today, guys. We're ticked off. You're ticked off. But try your best to have a good Thursday. Hug your loved ones. It's just football. Go grab grass. doesn't matter all that much at the end of the day. Thanks, guys, for checking in. Have a good day. Go Browns. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.